Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. Thanks for being with us again today. I'm delighted to have you with us as we look at doing one of the most difficult things in life, and that is showing up as you. J.M. Ryerson is an author, mindset coach, and host of Let's Go Win podcast, who has been building companies and leading sales teams for over 20 years. J.M. is the co-founder and CEO of Let's Go Win whose mission is to increase leadership, enhance culture, and help teams achieve peak performance. JM, take us into the show. Tell us about a memorable experience. And thanks for having me, Alan. I appreciate it. It's awesome to be here. Memorable experience. First thing that comes to mind, you know, I grew up an athlete. And after my third knee surgery, it was pretty evident that my college career was going to be kind of done. And the reason I think that was so impactful is because I had so much, I I put so much about JM being an athlete and so much of my identity was wrapped up into that. And I remember at the time thinking, you know, what now? Now it's kind of crazy to say at 20 years old or 21, I guess that would have been that what now? I mean, the world is just beginning, but that's how much I had invested. That's how much I had put into my identity as an athlete. And truth be told, arguably it was one of the best things that could have happened to me because I ended up studying abroad, learning a bunch about myself, really started to learn, you know, when I was over in Europe, I read book after book and that just took me into what I love today, which is the mindset, which is reading, which is growth and getting better. But I don't know, had the experience gone differently, I don't know what would have happened, but I remember it being such a impactful, scary time. And I think some of us can all relate to that where we put our identity as X and then Y happens. And so often I tell people, you're so many layers. So it's rare that I'll say, Hey, you know, Alan, what do you do for a living? That's like the last question, because that's just one piece of who Alan is. Now, I could say, Alan, you know, horses and steed, that's interesting. That's clearly a passion. Just like you could say, Jay, I'm winning. Why is that important to you? And there's a whole philosophy around it. But we have so many layers deep to us rather than just Jay, I'm the athlete or Alan, the podcast host. There's so many layers to us. And so that's the first thing that comes to mind. That's interesting. And, you know, I just, I mean, I talk to a lot of people and, you know, I think uh, most of us think that we show up authentically. That's, this is who we are. and. Until we have had, I think, a major setback in our life, I think most of us have no clue what authenticity is, and we just kind of stumble through life. So showing up as you are, oh, that sounds simple, but in reality, it takes a whole lot to show up authentically. Even after we've been through downturns like you've been through and we've really had to do some self-exploration, there's so much pressure on us to show up, to be something, somebody, do something that is counter to who and what we are. So I'm so happy to have you with us, JM, today to help us to become more of the authentic people that we really truly are. Because I truly believe we really cannot win until we actually show up authentically. 
JM, what do you mean when you say winning is a mindset, not a result? Everything we approach in life is results-oriented. Yeah, it's a great question. And it's funny coming from a guy that has let's go win in the title of his companies, because so often people say, so it's about wins and losses. And the truth is, no, and not in my opinion. Winning, I love to win. I don't know anybody that I've met that doesn't love to win. However, when it comes to losing or failing, there's only one time that you really, truly fail, and that's if you don't learn from it. I look back at my career in business. I look back in my career in athletics as a parent. The failures, quote unquote, that I had, I learned so much more from that than the time that I easily ran away with a victory or had a win. And so truly the idea of winning as a mindset is how can I set myself up for a position to perform at my absolute peak performance to perform as the best version of me? Because that's why let's go and exist is to inspire people to live their best lives. And so the idea is how can I go win the day today? That means how can I set myself up to win? Now, I'm going to fail probably a hundred times today, Alan, and I am okay with that because each failure I'm learning so that I get a little bit better. I get a little bit better. And so that's the mindset part is just how can we show up every single day in the best position? And for me, it's routine-based. There's a certain thing of, and the basic idea is take care of your mind, your body, and your soul every single morning. So before I saw you, One of the most important things I had to do this morning is take care of those three things. And on a daily basis, now I I have a more expanded routine than that, but the basics are make sure that I check in on my mind. What am I feeding it so that I'm as positive? I'm as upbeat. I'm as my best version that I am. What am I doing for my body? Whether that's, you know, working out, whether that's just getting a sweat. And then ultimately, what am I doing for my soul? And for me, that comes down to meditation. Sometimes it might be a hike on a mountain. It might just be journaling or whatever that is for you. Those are the basic things that I want to do as a mindset is to set myself up to win and give my very best every single day. Jay, and that sounds so simple when you put it into those terms. Routines are important, mind, body, soul are important. But I mean, I'm just thinking back on my morning today and I'm thinking, I didn't really take any of those three. So how do we, I mean, first of all, how do we empower ourselves to actually be mindful and take care of those three things each and every day? So, and this happens typically with a lot of my female clients more than males, but I'm, so I'm generalizing for a moment, but typically the question I'll ask is what do you do for yourself? And the answer will come back. Well, I take care of the house. I take care of my kids. I take care of my spouse. I take care of my job. And the list goes on and on. And at some point they might say, I take care of me, but rarely do they. And the reason I bring that up is I'll say, how is that going to look for you long-term? Because there's really three relationships that we're, that we really need to make sure we're taken care of on a daily basis. One is our health because without health, there is nothing. And I always say health is wealth. That truly is as if you don't have health, I don't care if you have a billion dollars in the bank account, right? Steve jobs talked about this as he was on his deathbed. Like it doesn't matter how much I've made or what I've done. That's not true wealth. Health is your wealth. So that's one of the, when the executives, I talk about how important your health is. 
The second is your relationship. So often we will forget about or put it on the back burner, the relationship with our wife, with our son or daughter, with our parents, with our friends, and it's not a priority. And then lastly, what is our work, our purpose? And if we don't take care of our mind, our body, and our soul on a daily basis, how can I show up as the best, again, version of me health-wise, as the best version of me as a husband or as a father? or as the best version of myself as a CEO or as a sales rep or whatever hat you're wearing, if you don't take care of yourself first, it's actually the most selfish thing you're doing because you're going to let down these other people eventually. And that's what I really talk about with females as I'm like, guys, that's the most selfish thing you can do is go take care of everyone else first. And once I can get past the fact that I call them selfish because they don't like to hear that, once they kind of switch it, they're like, oh, you're right, because I'm run down, because now my health is failing. Now I can't take care of anyone. That's why it's so important, Alan, that on a daily basis, before you do anything else, you take care of you first. Well, J.M., that makes a total and complete sense. And I just need to really remind myself of that each and every day. For me, it is truly a challenge to do that. JM, how do we, after we take care of ourselves, how do we go about empowering and inspiring those we're working with within our realm of influence, whether it be an immediate team or whoever it is we're working with? I love this question. And when it comes to leadership, I talk about this openly. What I believe leadership is influence, and that's not mine, that's John Maxwell. But I do believe that's the most simplistic definition that you can have. Now, what I'm actually trying to do when I'm doing leadership is I'm trying to empower other people to rise, to take over whatever position I'm having in life. And the reason that is, is because if someone takes my position that I I have today, then I can go pursue other things and it continues to grow. So every time that you're trying to inspire or empower someone, the most important thing is to figure out what do they want? What are their wants, needs, and desires? Not yours, but rather what do they want to do? Now, if your expectations, if we're talking in a role, you set the expectations for what they have to do in the role. But then you say, what do you want out of it? And you figure out how to marry those two together. Now, when you empower someone, what's beautiful about that is you find so many unique ways and things that come to light because it wasn't just your perspective that says, this is the way to do it. It's someone from a completely different perspective, maybe a different culture, a different background, and they have a different idea of how to do it. And we've seen countless times, there's not one way to skin a cat. I mean, that's the best saying I can use. There's hundreds of ways to do that. There's hundreds of ways to prepare a meal. There's hundreds of ways to do a report. And so often I'm like, look, it's not about you in leadership. It's actually about those people. So if you can inspire them and empower them to have the autonomy to perform at their very best, typically those results are going to be far greater than anything you could have come up with by yourself. JM, I totally and completely agree. It seems to me it is so lacking in the business world in so many respects. So many business CEOs want it done their way. And these are successful, prosperous companies that are leading the world in so many ways, but they are so authoritarian and top down. And yet somehow they continue to thrive 
and grow and develop within that environment. Yet their employees are frustrated and don't want to be there. Not many happy companies out there. JR, to become a good leader, we, of course, first of all, we have to overcome our own self-limiting beliefs, which we all come with a whole set of those. So what are your suggestions for overcoming these self-limiting beliefs? Yeah, this is where you do get really introspective and you get a chance to really ask yourself, why do I think this way? So for instance, I'll give you the self-limiting belief that I grew up with. And it was all around money because for years I'd heard, especially my dad say, whenever we drive by the country club, oh, that's for the pretty people. Or if somebody drove, I grew up in Montana, so there weren't a lot of these, but if somebody drove like a Mercedes Benz, that was for the pretty people. And so I had a very negative connotation around money because of what I had heard. And so the first time I actually made what I would consider, you know, a lot of money, seven figures in a year, I felt terrible. I mean, I literally, I felt like I had, I should have been elated because money is just a tool that you can help other people build things. You can do great things with it. But I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it like I was that pretty person that my dad had kind of pointed out. And I don't know why being pretty was a negative, but you know, like growing up in Montana, it wasn't like you're looking to be the pretty kid, I guess. But what I figured out is why do I think that way? Why did he think that way? And the truth is it was just passed down generation to generation that money was somehow evil. Money was X. And I'm actually not a very money-driven person. That's I want to take care of my family. After that, I want to help others succeed. And that's really what I use it as a tool for. But it took a long time to dispel some of the things that were put into my head about money being this thing. And so that's that was my self-limiting belief. What I would tell anybody if they're dealing with whatever fears, insecurities that they have around relationships or whatever your self-limiting belief is, why do you think that way? Where did that come from? And just continue to ask that question. And what you're going to find is there were things told to you. So maybe in fifth grade, you were told you were a loser. So therefore, you're not really going to be a winner. You're not going to succeed in life. And you believe that. Even though it was just some bully named Danny, let's say, that kept calling you a loser, that stuck to you. And that became part of your identity. And I think that's also why I was talking to you about the first memory to me being an athlete. I identified so much as an athlete. What am I without it? Well, these are all just things that we've attached to ourselves. And I labels are for boxes. They're not for human beings. So if you can just stop and think, why do I think this way? How can I change it? Then you can start to unravel some of these self-limiting beliefs And then you can act in exact opposition of those self-limiting beliefs. JM, you've got a lot to offer and share. So tell our audience what you have and how they can take advantage of that. Yeah, thanks. You know, the first book that I wrote, it's called Let's Go Win, Keys to Living Your Best Life. And I actually wrote it for my two boys. And I think that would be the first thing that I would offer. If you really, if anything resonated with you today where you're like, yeah, man, that makes sense. This was a book that I wrote for the two of the most important people in my life, including, you know, obviously my wife and then my kids. And I would say if you're looking to improve, it's a great tool. I don't talk about it probably enough. But I poured my heart and soul into that book, and I actually never meant to publish it. The publisher that did it basically called me selfish for not sharing it with other people. And so that's what I would say is, you know, go to Amazon, go to the website at letsgowin.com, pick up the book. 
There is also some free tools on there. Work-life balance is a free tool on there. The second book, if you're looking to accomplish a goal, Champions Daily Playbook, that's also available on the website or on Amazon. So Alan, I think those are probably a couple of my favorite tools for people to really live their best lives. JM, they sound like wonderful reads. I'm going to have to pick them up myself. JM, what are the basic leadership qualities that we must have in order to develop leadership? Yeah, I love this question. The first one I believe, and this is probably the one I work on the most personally, and that's empathy. To truly empathize and seek understanding of others instead of judging. So for instance, if somebody's not performing in their job so often, we want to immediately berate or guide or you know, tell them where they're messing up. But the truth is, I believe everybody wants to succeed in their position. They might just not know how, or maybe they're taking care of a sick child at home. Maybe they are not in the best of health, so they can't show up. So empathy is one of the top ones. Communication would be another extremely vital tool that I know that I have personally worked on for many years being able to have that open dialogue, be a great listener, as well as a very clear and concise communicator. And then thirdly is is really confidence. And you mentioned show up as you, and it's probably the most profound idea that I coach on today, because when you show up as you, it allows you to show up with a confidence is unlike any thing I can describe. And you see that shining light when somebody's truly their authentic self, there's this radiating confidence that people want to follow that people are like, I want to be around that. So I'm not talking about ego. I'm not talking about, you know, being braggadocious. I'm talking about really showing who you are that authentic self, that's the confidence that people will want to follow. And it's a really fun journey to find truly who you are. And once you're able to do that, oh my gosh, it saves so much time and energy and you're in alignment. JM, very good points. Really concise to empathy, communication, and confidence. Give us just a little tip or two on how to develop that confidence aspect. So when you're clear on who you are, what your core values are, what your non-negotiables are, it allows you to truly be confident in who you are. And so uh, on a daily basis, I set my intention. Now, let's say I don't believe I'm a confident person. Okay. That's the thing that's been playing in my head for, let's say 44 years. I'm 44 years old, but I want to be confident. The first thing I'm going to do, actually be the second thing, excuse me. First thing I do is I say three things I'm grateful for every single day. Before my foot touches the ground, before I get out of bed, I verbalize in my head. I don't want to wake up my wife, but I verbalize in my head three things I'm grateful for. The second thing I'm going to do is what is my intention for today? So again, going back, if I don't believe I'm confident, the first thing I'm going to say is my intention today is to be the most confident human being on this planet or to show up open and confident and as the best version of me. And what happens is you talked about self-limiting beliefs earlier, and that's just conditioning and hardwires that we've developed. And so when you set this intention, whether it's through a daily affirmation, or in this case, just setting your intention, when you say it aloud, 
you're that much more likely to actually show up as a confident human being. Now, if you repeat that day in, day out, and that's what Champions Daily Playbook is all about. If you do that for 90 days straight, it has now become habitual. So now maybe you don't have to say, I'm going to show up as confident as my intention, because now you're just being confident. Now you go on to the next one. Maybe I need to, as I said, I want to be the most empathetic version of JM that I can be because I struggle with that, let's say, and I'm going to continue to tell myself. And there's always something that we can say to better ourselves that morning. And setting that intention is so key in doing it. I'm going to remember that. I always end my day with three good things or three good things to be grateful for. I'm going to add that to my morning routine. I can repeat them from the night before, but, but it just is a good way to start out a morning and I'm going to add that to my morning. And the intentions are really give direction to the day and doing that from an authentic perspective rather than just from a to-do list, which I have my to-do list, but I haven't really thought of it from an authentic, intentional kind of way. So I'm going to add that to my routines as well. The other thing I'd add to that is practicing routine. I love playing the piano. I'm not a pianist. I'm a tinkler, but I love the piano. But until I have really practiced and practiced death a piece, I never feel confident in performing that for another individual. So I would add practice to those things of building confidence there. Let's end the show today, JM, by talking about this issue of signs of when we are not living our best life and how it is that we can. Yeah. So there's three telltale signs that you're not living your best life. And the first one is you're negative on a daily basis. If you find yourself talking negatively, finding the negative in whatever scenario is taking place, because I, I don't care what happens, there's a positive and a negative. And I'm talking the worst possible things. My dad died this year and it's awful. I miss him greatly. It's horrible. But you know what? There is many silver linings that came from it. And so I can choose to focus on the negative or I can choose to celebrate who the man was, who he was and find the positives. So the first one is if a true sign that you're not living your best life is, are you negative on a daily basis? The second is just checking in on your health. How are you feeling on a daily basis? If you're not feeling tip top, typically you're not living your best life. Typically you're not taking care of yourself. And that's a second easy check-in. And the last one, and probably the biggest lesson I've learned in my adult life is who are you surrounding yourself with? Because, and you've heard Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, I mean, these guys that have been the gurus of personal development talk about you are a reflection of the five closest people to you. So I don't think that many people haven't heard that. But what I want you to realize is people either lift you up or they bring you down. I don't believe there's a middle ground. And the people that you surround yourself with, I know there's a comfort level. I know that you've had a history with them. But if they don't lift you up on a daily basis and you're not doing the same for them, it might be time to reevaluate that relationship and possibly set some boundaries and maybe look at bringing a person that does lift you up. Because when you're surrounded by people that truly are lifting you up, you have no choice but to show up as your best version of yourself. And then you start to do that for them. So that was something that took a long time for me to really figure out because I'm a loyalton 
at heart, I will just hang on, even if I'm not helping them and they're not helping me be the best versions of ourselves. And sometimes it's not that they're a bad person. We're just not a great mix for one another at this moment in life. And that's okay. Chapin, a pleasure. Enlightened investors, I hope you've gotten as much out of today's show as I have. JR, it's been a delight. Thank you for being with us today. Alan, it was truly my pleasure. Thank you, brother. I had a great time. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com.